This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to jump right in, as we always do. Before we do that, you can go to practicalshepherding.com and check out all of our resources. Uh, go to the Shepherd's House link. Check that place out. We're really encouraged by all the people coming to to stay with us. It's free if you're a pastor or pastor's wife, or if you come as a couple. You can, that's all free if you come and and just have some some time. There was a pastor and his wife I met there yesterday that is <clears throat> just in, enjoying themselves in the quiet. And so I want to encourage you to do the same. Um, and also there's all, all kinds of other things on the website. You can go to the, the donate page and, and leave a gift if you've been helped by the podcast or the ministry in any way that always helps support the ministry and the work that we're doing. Jim, we had a question that was sent in to us and we were both intrigued by it. And we thought we both thought to ourselves, I don't think we've addressed this. And this is a very relevant topic for every pastor, every preacher. And that is, what happens as a preacher when your sermon stinks? You just lay an egg. You preach a bad sermon. Drop a bomb. It's just the, it just happens. And of course, as we know, pastors preach every week. Uh, there's just going to be that tendency where Every every sermon, most sermons are not home run sermons. In fact, we we've been known as the group that advocates for hey singles and doubles for forty years is 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 mm-hmm. faithful, but you know we often we oftentimes get discouraged by a sermon in different ways. And so this we thought this would be a helpful conversation to have since every pastor, every preacher, regardless of how frequently or infrequently he preaches, struggles with what happened to his sermon and whether it was good, or it was helpful or not. So before we get into this, what's some biblical texts for us to think about around around this idea of evaluating when our sermons are bad? Wow, that's, that's an interesting question to ask, Brian, because I, I don't know there's any specific text, but what comes to mind, uh, I mean, I want to say first of all that the, the duty and responsibility to preach is a weighty one, and it should be taken seriously. Right. I mean, it should... It should matter to us. Be ready in season, out of season. We're going to give an account. I charge you before the one who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing. Preach the word. And so this is a big part of our ministry. It's a big part of our responsibility as shepherds is to feed the flock. And and, um, and yet, you know, the same Bible that tells us to do that recognizes that our, our all of our ministry is attendant with weakness uh, there is a, a sense in which we can be overwhelmed who is sufficient for these things. And so that weakness, that bodily and, and mental and spiritual weakness, this treasure in earthen vessels will sometimes show itself uh, in, in a less than what we might call stellar. Right. I, I hate to use the word performance, but I hope guys understand what I mean by that. We're not, we're not performing, but you, you, you recognize at the end of it that maybe you felt little help or felt abandoned or you felt you were slogging through uh, 80 pounds of oatmeal trying to <laughs> trying to do it. But yeah, at, anyway, some sense of failure at yeah. the end of that endeavor. <clears throat> One text that comes to my mind in this conversation, because you're right, there's not a text that addresses. I mean, 2 Timothy 4 says, preach the word. It doesn't necessarily give any, you know, categorization. What is of out of season? Preach it well. What is I mean, out of season, right? right? Yeah, faithfulness, and you know, and, you know, we have this idea of what it means to do well. Right. Go ahead. So I would, I go back to the parable of the sower, Mark chapter four. Mm-hmm. I think that Jesus' words on how, what the job of the what the word does and how it builds the kingdom, I think, is a really helpful imagery 
for us in this conversation, just in preaching in general, and in this conversation. Because, you know, if you think about the parable of the sower, the seed is sown, and the person who sowed the seed just sows the seed and, and waits. Does it find good soil? And then mm-hmm. finds good soil, it starts to grow, grow, yep, grow, and yep. sprout, and you only see the fruit to the end of it. So I think there's some there's some helpful that there's some helpful truth and imagery in that as we you talk about when we maybe preach something we feel like was a bad sermon is and we're going to define what what a what a bad sermon which a sermon that stinks actually is but if we're sowing the seed that's the task yeah and so i i think an argument can be made that uh, some might think their sermon stinks because of the delivery wasn't good or I wasn't connect. I didn't feel connected to the people I was talking to or whatever it might be. And that can right. contribute to that. But I think the ultimate definition of a faithful sermon is did the seed go out? It wasn't yeah. sown on the ground, which is right. the job of the preacher. Right. So I, I would just put that imagery up. There. I think that's helpful in this particular kind of, of conversation. So, but let's, okay, let's define because different people with different preaching convictions are going to define a, a stinky sermon in a way different than others. So yeah. how would you and I want to define a, a sermon that stinks? We get done, we walk <laughs> down from the pulpit, and we sit down and go, I don't care what anybody says, that stunk. Right. All right, so, wow. I, 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 yeah, there's several things come to mind. I, I have these two broad categories in my mind, uh, that there's culpable stinkiness and there's non-culpable stinkiness. Okay, yeah. Culpable stinkiness is, I didn't... I won I I wung it. <laughs> I winged it. I wonged it. I, What's I'm not the sure which one it is. I tried to I, wing it. I, I tried to wing it. Yeah. I didn't study. I was I was I was lazy this yeah, week. Uh, yeah. I I was, or I I just had such a bad conscience because um, I was I was a lousy in my own life. You know, I was yeah. harsh toward my wife. I indulged in some lusts or. Whatever the case might be, I felt abandoned by the spirit, and there's a degree of culpability. That's a whole different feeling, okay. you know. But I didn't do my homework. I wasn't faithful to the text. All right, so I'm gonna say the biggest thing: a stinky sermon is one where you you didn't handle the text well. You were not faithful to the text, and somebody comes up afterward and goes, "You know, you said some things that were true. None of that came out of that text." Mm-hmm. Ouch, you yeah. know. So that that is that's one thing I think. So, so you lack of preparation, lack of preparation. Okay. Uh, well, can you, you try to a wing it? Sermon, you you, yeah. you you uh, you weren't prepared, and, and, and I'm talking about when you were culpably non-prepared. Right. Sometimes, listen, a tragedy's happened. You spent hours and hours, and you didn't have you had you had two hours when you generally would have ten to fifteen to work on that yeah. sermon or less, and and you ch- you're trusting the Lord to to deal with it. And again, maybe still because of fatigue or other things, that's non-culpable. Yeah. Culpable is I didn't study, I didn't prepare. I thought I'd be okay. I yeah. thought I knew enough. Thought I knew my Bible well enough, but then I got up and I tried to wing it, and it was a disaster. Yeah, that's that's culpable. So that's one thing. You weren't faithful to the text, or you weren't prepared to preach that text. Yeah, that's good. And I think that um, there's something too as well. Uh, uh, you may have prepared well. I I think that there are some sermons that you know. I mean, we're we live in a seminary town, Jim. You know, I mean, yeah. there are guys that will. Uh, <clears throat> We'll study a lot and we'll, right. we'll prepare. I mean, we'll over prepare. Right. But, um, 
but will not deliver the sermon well. Yeah, so there's preparation issues and there's delivery issues. But so I, that was a lot of that was preparation. I would issues. even say I would combine that this is true, but I would combine the the two of those. I think if if we want to preach effective sermons, we have to realize there's prep in study and there's prep in delivery. Prep as well. and soul is your own preparation prep, soul preparing and yourself. other things like that. So. I think all those things matter in this conversation when we're talking about you know whether you when you whether you lay an egg or not when you when you preach a sermon. I think the other thing we have to we got to throw out there. So this is so we're going to shift in a minute, but this is good to talk about because the question is like what happens if I preach a sermon that stinks? Well, I think that's this is the first place to start. You have to determine whether you prepared well. You have to were determine, you faithful to the text? Were you right? faithful did you, to the did text? Did you do your homework? Were you faithful to the Again, text? Again, if we're defining this as our job is to sow seed, right. you may not do it really well, but but as long as the seed went out, exactly. that's the key. Right. So uh, one of the things that can prevent that, to your point, is that we don't prepare to preach the text well. Yeah. Or I would say we, you know, you may be, you may be a, a really gifted speaker and you think you can get away with not preaching the text. Right. And, and so, you know, I think you could preach a sermon that some people might like. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a definition of a stinky sermon. You didn't because, preach the word. Because I didn't preach the word. Right. If you got you have to preach the word. If you yeah. Yeah, right. So if you don't if you're not doing that, I don't care how effective you are. It's but but on the other side of that, I know guys I mean, I I, I worked with a ton of them through the years. We, a lot of them would come from the seminary, but they're learning to preach in the church and as I'm pastoring them as a member of the church. And these guys would just over prepare, you know, right. to an exa- to an exhaustive right, level, right. and then stink in the delivery of this. Right. So, and sometimes that over preparation is they think they have to show all their homework or they have to be impressive. Right. They have to show people you're going to seminary. You have to show people that you know a little bit of Greek. And now this particular participle is, you know, and, and all of that sort of stuff. And you're you're getting into you know, the the Byzantine text or the Vulgate says this and something like that, and it's really not connecting with anybody, right. but you're trying to impress. Here's what, So I think that's one thing that can happen. Here's too. why that's important, I think, to mention also, is because we do want to start with, look, if you're not preparing well, your sermon might stink because of that. But but on the other end of that, you can pre- over-prepare, and that doesn't, that doesn't assure that your sermon's not going to stink. Right, and because you don't know how to communicate it. So the, always say, right. the point of communication is to communicate. So, and if you're communicating at too high a level and, and nobody can understand you, right. it may all be accurate. It may all be true. Yeah. At some point, but if I preached in French to my congregation, nobody wouldn't profit but one person in the congregation. But this is because people could it could all be faithful, but if it's not understandable, that's right. And that's the thing is, even if you you may think you're preaching the word, but if you're preaching the word in a way that the hearers are not receiving the word, then then question comes with with how you're preparing to to be, actually deliver that sermon. And Brian, we should ask this question too. Maybe you should have said this earlier. There are sermons that our people think stink, and there are sermons we think stink. This is true. And those aren't always the same thing. This is true. And I think, are we dealing here? I think we're dealing here primarily with a sense of self evaluation. That's right. I think if people are regularly, if your congregation regularly tells you that they're getting nothing out of your ministry, I mean, regularly, if, 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 a number of people and a wide variety of people and particularly godly people and people who love you, you might need to reconsider your gifting yeah. or really work hard to learn how to preach. Don't, don't just throw that off yeah. as, as being inconsequential. But if you have a sense that 
I felt abandoned by God. I felt the Spirit wasn't helping. There wasn't that sense of boldness and clarity and conviction. And maybe even at times felt like I was performing rather than really preaching. Uh, sometimes I, it, it can happen. Sometimes I, I think there are reasons why God may at times not necessarily leave us, but maybe leave us unsatisfied mm-hmm. or, or concerned with the uh, results of what we bring. And God may have reasons for doing that in our own souls to, to help us to be more prayerful, uh, to be more responsible. And maybe, again, you think, you, I, I prepared well. I think the sermon was laid out well. But in the giving of it, I felt so flat. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very subjective feeling, but yeah. I felt really, really flat in the giving of it. So I think there's two other areas we need to just tackle in this. One is the subjectivity of this evaluation and the spiritual component of this evaluation. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the spiritual component. I want to go here because, when I, again, when I see a question like that that's asked, <clears throat> excuse me, the what do you do if your sermon stinks? Well, so if a pastor calls me and says, yeah, I've like, I, I preached a real stinky sermon Sunday. What do I do about that? My first question is, what made you think it stunk? Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> the sub, there's a subjectivity to that. And a lot of times pastors are their own worst critic around yeah. that. And <clears throat> a lot of times they'll, they'll evaluate, they'll evaluate based on how they think it went. And you just don't know how God used the sermon. And, and every preacher, you, once you've preached long enough, Every preacher has a story of, I absolutely laid an egg in this sermon. Mm-hmm. And I came down and somebody told me it was the best sermon I've ever preached. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you explain that? Whether you stink at evaluating yourself <laughs> or the Spirit used it in a way that you didn't realize. Exactly. So I, I want to put that out there. When we're evaluating, did, did I preach a bad sermon? Well, you need to think about your prep. You need to think about how you're delivering. I mean, those are all good things, but... Ultimately, we've got to hold that evaluation, that even criticism, I think, loosely, because we don't know how the Spirit used the sermon. And so when a pastor comes and, and kind of says that to me, like, what, how do I deal with that? Well, the first way to deal with it is you may be wrong. Mm. Maybe it wasn't as stinky a sermon as you think it was, because you're not the Holy Spirit. You don't know how the Spirit used that sermon. And time will tell. Uh, you know whether that's the case or not, but I want to put the subjective out there as exactly. well as that the spiritual impact of this. Uh, do you want to respond to any of those? Yeah, kind of I things? do, Brian. I want to say this, and we I think we've said something like this before, but I think it bears repeating, and that is that the effectiveness is in the word and the spirit, not in our. Again, I don't want to use this word performance, but it's it's eloquence. not it's not in our eloquence. Yeah. It's not going to be if, if somebody's won by our eloquence that that winning is is probably going to be insubstantial. It is the word and spirit. I mean, we we are vessels conveying the word with the help of the spirit, right? I mean, that, and so there is power in that word. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Yeah. Now, again, we want to we do want to deliver it well, right? We want to develop. We want to deliver it in a way that is clear. I want to deliver it in a way that's compelling. I want to deliver it in a way that is listenable and that is, in a sense, interesting in the best sense of the word. That is, I want people to hear. I want them to understand. I want them to be gripped by the truth. 
but I get back to, I don't want them to be gripped that I handled the truth well. Yeah. I want them to be gripped by the power of that word. Yeah, that's good. And, and our sense of not necessarily delivering it well. I mean, it, so like, let's say you, you went to uh, Tower of London and there's the crown jewels. And you're going to have somebody come and give, the, they have these guys out in these costumes called beef eaters. And they come and they give descriptions of things. Some of them are very, very entertaining. But what they're, they're all giving the same information. Some are far more compelling to listen to. But if you mm-hmm. went and saw the crown jewels, mm-hmm. in a sense, if, if you can show them the jewels, at the end of the day, you get out of the way and let people see the jewels. The guy who talks about the jewels may be very clever and funny and interesting. Another guy may be a little bit boring. But when he gets out of the way and there's the crown or there's the golden implements, they are what they are. Yeah, right. and, and the joy is what you're going to remember at the end is that you saw the jewels, not the guy who who showed you the jewels, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's so I, good. I think we need to understand that, that the the power is in the word. We need to give. So so give the word, I think, is is... Well, we need to resin. Did I give the word? It's a very different feeling than it stunk because I didn't. Yeah, and I think that's a good segue to, to the last portion I want to talk about. So let's get practical about what does a pastor do when he feels like he has preached a sermon that stinks? He comes down from the pulpit after preaching. He's got a pit in his stomach. He thinks that he really laid an egg there. He goes home for lunch, has lunch with his family, and he sits down, and he just finds himself in a really dark place, like yeah. he really failed. Yeah. What kind of practical advice would you give to him? I think one thing I would say is don't don't talk about it all the time. Don't tell everybody that stunk. Don't, don't say it to everybody. Don't apologize afterward. Because it can sound like you're apologizing for the word, or you can sound like you're get you were too caught up with your own, yeah. like I keep using this word, performance of the word rather than the word itself. Right. So I, I think that's one, you know, some guy, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry that stunk. You don't have to get up next week and say, I know last week really stunk. Please help me. I'm going to try to do better. Now, there may be a, a, an appropriate sense of acknowledging that. Maybe you can even acknowledge it in the sense of it, brethren, I'm struggling this morning. You can say it in the midst of preaching. And please be praying for me. Some of you, I'm sure, are. I'm trying to get this out. I'm trying to help you to understand. I felt it in the study. I was excited about preaching it. I feel like I'm flat today. I don't know why. It's not sin. It's not, I'm not hiding sin. You know, I don't know what the Lord's doing. It may just be me. There may be an appropriate sense in saying that, but don't obsess over it. And so I think, and I would say along with that, um, uh, you ha- you got to do what like a, a relief pitcher does in baseball. So you gave up you gave up a game winning home run the day before, but you got to get back on the mound the next day, and so you have to have short memory. Uh, so Mariano Rivera, great pitcher in the past for the New York Yankees, asked what's his what's one of his best qualities. I have a short memory, and I got to be able to put it behind me. Other guys yep. can't. They yep. failed. La- they failed, and it and it haunts them. That failure haunts them. They're never the same. Okay. They failed in a big spot. So. We have to be careful. I think we need to say, all right, Lord, I believe you can still use your word, even if it was, you know, remind yourself, Jonathan Edwards read his text, apparently in a rather monotone, at least I've heard that, God still used it. Yeah, that's right. That's good. I'm going to say something I think is important in this part of the conversation. When we're talking about that pastor sitting in in a dark place Sunday afternoon after everything's calmed down and, and he's reflecting on how he thinks his sermon was bad. I would say that you you have to, in that moment, embrace your humanity and be gracious to yourself. Yeah. Um, 
If it was because you know you didn't prep and you were lazy about that, well, repent. that's a tangible thing you can you can change. You can repent of that. But right. but if it was because your newborn kept you up half the night and and you were just at a hard place that morning or things that happened in church that were hard, you need to be gracious to yourself. You're a human being. You only can take so much. And that's the key. That's we say around here a lot. You know, the the singles and doubles for you know for forty years is faithfulness. That's what we want to strive for. Um, I want to say something else that I think's uh, I think crucial in this, and that's uh, perfectionism as a preacher will crush you. Amen. So um, I end up having a ton of conversations with guys discouraged by their preaching to find out they're flaming perfectionists. Yeah, and that that is so unhelpful in general. By the way, perfectionism is a sin. That's a different convers- That's a different uh, <laughs> podcast. But I believe it is because God's yeah. perfect. We're not. We're not right. supposed to be perfect. Somebody else already was for us. Right. That's the gospel. So I, I just want to. I just want to press into that for anybody who who struggles with this, and you know you're a perfectionist. Perfectionism is not a virtue. Uh, it's a great way to crush your own soul and to be discouraged by basically everything you do, mm. and you usually crush everybody around you with your perfectionism mm. also. So if I would just really press into that, if you think your sermon stunk. The first thing you have to ask yourself is, did I expect to just do this exactly right? Did I expect right. this to be perfect? Did I expect this to be a home run sermon? Right. And I find that letting go of perfectionism, you you evaluate your sermons in a much gracious manner. Uh, for those of us, many many of us, I would say most pastors are hard on themselves around that. Mm. And it allows us to be uh, to be gracious. So any final word, Jim, on this? No, Ryan, I just would reiterate that is, and it gets it gets back to uh, there are going to be times in your in your ministry, publicly or privately, where your your weakness and your humanity is is going to show, um, and our hope is not ultimately that. That I will necessarily feel helped in the preaching. I want to feel helped by the Spirit, but that the Spirit of God will take and use what I am, what I have prepared to bring. And again, just encourage guys. Listen, just preach, preach the word. Yeah. Focus on the word, and, and not, and not uh, how well you bring the word. We get, we get more excited sometimes about what we do for the Lord than what the Lord has done for us. Yeah. And we need to be careful of not falling into that trap. Yeah, that's a good word. Brothers, sow the seed. That's the, that's what we're called to do. And let uh, let God sort through where the seed goes and what ground it finds. And and that's all his His job. So uh, let me take a minute and pray for, for each of you in that way. Lord, we're grateful for your word that it's sufficient to build a church, to breathe life into a soul. Help us to be faithful, to preach that word, be faithful in it, but also to be gracious to ourselves as we do it, knowing we're human beings and we're limited and uh, we, uh, we are not the Holy Spirit as we preach. So remind us of our task and help us to have faith in the task that you have for this. Mm-hmm. And we pray that your word goes out and builds the church and the lives and the churches of all the pastors listening to this. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.